everybody, this is Jim. And this is Mike. And we are on show number 20. Yay! And this is what we're calling our summer series. This is side three, <laughs> if there were three sides. The third half, yeah. Yeah, do you remember, um, what was it, Genesis? Three sides live? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at some music news today. Going to explore some new people, some new musicians, mm -hmm. and uh, starting out with music news. Yeah, we got a full show. We, uh, we got uh, new bands we're talking about, top 10. I'm going to quiz Mike oh, on yeah. uh, three stories, one of which is false. Mm -hmm. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. I've taken the Prevagen. I've got everything I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, what are we drinking tonight here? What is this? We have a new new beer. Mm -hmm. It's uh, orange cream. Like those dream sickles. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's, uh, if I say this right, Zigmeister. <laughs> it's C-Z-I-G. Zigmeister. I just got this, and it's actually from a nearby brewery. Oh. Hackettstown. NJ. Now, Hackettstown is about 20 minutes from here. Here's the password. There we go. I'm going to take my first sip. Yeah, it's all right. It's good. It's it's beer, a little a little orange, mm -hmm. creamsicle. Yeah, it's like a creamsicle in San Miguel. Yeah, I don't like them too sweet. Yeah. You know. So what are we going to start with? Well, Jim, I was thinking starting with letters from our listeners. Way back years ago, people would actually write on paper with pen and they'd write letters, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe even call on a, on an old phone too. Anyway, I'm calling it letters. These are these are like course electronic. So um, we got several in the last month, but I just wow. I just pulled out uh, just pulled That's out several more than we got last. Month. <laughs> yeah, it is. Month it's, before it's something new, you know. Okay. And just pulling out too that need a response. Jim and Mike, thanks, blah, 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 all that kind of thing. But then it says, do you think you could do an expose on some New Jersey bands? Hmm. You know, and then it says, like Bon Jovi. What? <laughs> They're asking for. And I don't know where that came from. And we have, you know, we have done New Jersey bands. Uh, we've got the Smithereens, right? Yeah. We've got Jim Babchek interviewed both uh, the brothers in the band from the Grip Weeds, mm -hmm. New Jersey band, right? Yeah. Uh, did Claude. Claude ever live in Jersey? Isn't yes, he, he lived in Patterson. Yeah, I thought I, so. I thought so. Yeah, from Anything Box. Yeah. So, you know, I just I just looked at this and I said, expose, which means there's something to expose. Okay. And I'm just wondering what it could be. I mean, what, what could you actually expose that's not already known about John Bon Jovi and the band? I know. I think we know everything. Yeah. Lest you forget his band. Not, not just list... John. It's the, they're not just asking about John. It's the band. They specifically... Oh. Yeah, the whole band, all of them. The, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we do a whole podcast on Bon Jovi. Yeah. There is a lot there. Would it hurt ratings, though? I mean, just wonder, just throwing that idea out, it's I'm not sure. I don't know. There's still a lot of Bon Jovi fans out there. And mm -hmm. just the other day, believe it or not, again, in the, <laughs> in the, <laughs> in the shower... I heard living on a prayer. <laughs> did you did you actually actually literally heard it or it was in your head? I mean, no, what? I heard it. Okay. Yeah, I, I just you've got one of those uh, weatherproof radios, right? I mean, that's that's actually how you heard it while you're in your shower. Yeah, it's okay. a little radio that hangs in the shower. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I know I repeated this. Local station, mm -hmm. they have about twenty songs, mm -hmm. and one happens to be Bon Jovi, mm -hmm. "Living Without yeah. Hair." I mean, "Living on a Prayer." Yeah. 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 Now we'll actually give out our email. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's sure. Jim and Mike Podcast at gmail dot com. Very good. So um, we're 
going to go on to music news. Yeah, let's do some news for our listeners. Let's get them caught up to speed. There's a, a museum opening up in Ambridge. It's a music museum. Ambridge. Where is Ambridge? Ambridge okay. is <laughs> near Pittsburgh. Okay. And yeah. it's uh, actually five hours and 22 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. Shorter if you live yeah. near Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I got this out of the uh, Beaver County Times. Uh, Scott Taddy, T-A-D-Y, mm-hmm. uh, wrote this. Mm-hmm. And this is a museum for Western Pennsylvania artists. Cool. So the museum is called the, the Performing Arts Legend Museum. Mm-hmm. And it says it's slated to open July 2nd, so I should have checked, but I, don't, I assume it's open. It's tucked into a historic 220-year-old brick house, two blocks from Old Econ- Economy Village, mm-hmm. and uh, they call it Palm Performing Arts Legends Museum, for short. And it's a treasure trove of musical artifacts from many of the region's best-known and most influential musical artists. And some things in there, it's a stage-worn outfit worn by Turtle Creek's The Vogues. Mm-hmm. And it says it joins Elvis Presley memorabilia. Wow. Uh, so don't they... think Elvis was, you know, had anything to do with Pennsylvania. Yeah. So they got other things in there. Uh, Probably started with a big fan of Elvis and then just went into other museum artifacts. Yeah. Because yeah. it would include the king there as well. That's interesting. And there's a vintage mm-hmm. drum collection in one room. Oh, Cool. And uh, the founder is L.B. Jaworski. Uh, there's almost 300 artifacts, gold records, signed photos, 45s, LPs, CDs framed and signed. So a little bit of everything. Hmm. Uh, him and his wife, they invested over $250,000 into the complex. And it also includes a second floor artist in residence accommodations. Uh, it has an attached garage tricked out into a modern performance studio. And it also doubles as the rehearsal space for Jaworski's band, Hot Metal Horns. Wow. wonder if it's a horn section along with some other, <clears throat> some other instruments, some rock. I'd like to see the, the classic or vintage drum collection. That would be cool. I think I'd like to uh, contact them, add them, add my drum set, add yeah. my, my, my 66 Premier Red Sparkle kit to wow. their, their selection. I think I'm going to contact Call them. Call them up. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. So there's various rooms. There's a 1950s room. Includes items like Elvis Presley's yearbook, uh, Perry Como gold records for hot diggity, dog diggity boom. <laughs> <laughs> and round and round. I thought that was a rat song. Round uh, and round. What comes around goes around. Okay. And an authentic 50s uh, diner booth mm-hmm. straight out of TV's Happy Days. Oh. I don't think it's from Happy Days. No, it could be. Oh, Maybe. straight out of. No, they're just they're just alluding to it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, one last thing: uh, the owner, he's a drum aficionado. Yeah. He displays a collection of drums that includes a set from the 1950s, 1983 Black Nine Ply Maple Pearl GL6 six-piece drum kit for all you drum heads out there. Mm-hmm. Valued. At over $20,000. Yeah, I think my, my 66 premiere from Made in England will fit right into that 50s and the 90s. Yeah. yeah. I can Call see that. Call them up. I can see that. It's for sale if you're listening. To get you a number. Yeah, yeah. All right, next to music news. Um, hand in Jim a photo here. Uh, this is Emily Geller Hardman. Okay. 35 years old. Uh, just a picture of her breastfeeding right there. 
Okay. Yeah, that's sweet. So, uh, you know, we, we go full range here with musical styles. You know, we we rock, you know, it's just, just the full range from rap. You know, they're trying, you know, rap is trying to, you know. Anyway, uh, this woman is an opera singer. She attended a wedding in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with her husband, Travis Hardman. It was far enough away from her due date that she thought she'd be safe, but no, she wasn't. This was a first-time labor for her, and she knew first-time labors, you know, for with the, the first child. Uh, she knew they'd be 16 to 24 hours. Well, mm-hmm. the wedding was over. They're driving home the next morning, okay. and she starts to go into labor. Uh, so she's in the back seat. Okay, they're driving to um, middle of New York State somewhere from, mm-hmm. like, from Lancaster, PA. And she's in the back seat, and she can feel the contractions and such. And she's on the Gentle Birth Meditation app. And she's okay. guiding herself through breathing while her husband continues to drive. So around 530 in the morning, they pull off the side of the road. <laughs> That's good. And uh, so she uh, gets up so she can stand and stretch a little bit. Well, she says, quote, gravity took over and it hit me hard. So they, she jumps in the back seat again and uh, they're going along and... Uh, She's trying to resist giving birth there in the mm-hmm. back seat. She's got her medit, and then they're looking for a place to pull over. Okay, so she's um, she's trying to stay calm. She's trying to remain calm. There's nowhere to safely pull over. So this her husband is just driving and driving, and there's no place to pull over. And Bon Jovi shows up. No, no, Bon Jovi okay. is not involved. Quote, we're still driving and her entire body just flies out in one contraction. End wow. quote. Yeah, so boom, the baby just comes right out there. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, she says that uh, her experience wasn't stressful. Mm-hmm. She says that as an opera singer, she's used to high-stress situations and believes that the experience, in addition to all the work that she put into it, helped her handle everything as smoothly as possible. So uh, there we have... An opera singer, mm-hmm. music news, giving birth in the backseat of her car, 35 years old, and doing it quite well, just giving, uh, no one's helping her. She gave birth by herself in the backseat. And it didn't take that long. No, no, it was quick. It was right. Now, Be- now my wife, mm-hmm. uh, she had a really short labor. Yeah. It was like two hours. Wow, that's great. And I know some people have a whole 20, 24 30. hours. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I think it's interesting because she was fighting it for so long. She was trying to hold it off and then Mm -hmm. boom. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What's next, Jim? I have a story about uh, Willie Nelson. Oh, cool. Cool. His 2021 tour, it could be his last. Well, we all know that it could be his last. I mean, that's a given. Well, any time. Yeah. Yeah. But you're saying it. he's thinking it could be his last. So is he planning his farewell tour? And it's called... I think the tour is actually called On the Road Again One Last Time. Yeah, so that would that, that, that makes would, sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And according to the National Enquirer, uh, Nelson is hitting the road for the last time. He's 88. Uh, he's eager to get back touring because this will be his last time. A friend says he's had bouts with emphysema, had to cancel a slew of shows because of complications that came with age. Mm-hmm. I have to say, when Mike and I saw Willie, yeah. I only seen him once, and it was at Farm Aid mm-hmm. in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I believe that was 2012. Yeah, that was a while ago. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, yeah, Grace Potter was there and John Cougar. Mm-hmm. I remember Willie, Willie came out to do a duet. I think it was with Grace Potter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, he, he didn't really, I don't know if he sang, like he didn't look good then. And that was mm-hmm. like 
10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, nine years, nine, 10 years ago. I, I remember thinking that he uh, appeared less energetic. And also, it was 11 o'clock at night, or was that, that was Neil Young? No, Willie was a headliner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fans are, of Nelson are well aware they can't tour forever. And some sources say that uh, this is not his last tour. A rep for Nelson denied this story. I think Willie stated that this could be his last, so who knows? Check out Willie Nelson's upcoming tour. You know, I love Willie. Believe it or not, Willie Nelson has, I'm not lying, like 70 albums. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed that. And I think all of them are on Apple Music. I would have guessed half of that. Yeah, it's wow. incredible. And his son, Lucas, uh, oh, yeah. is, is active. We've talked about him before. Yeah. Very active, if you're interested in that. Uh, Lucas Nelson. And he was there as well when we saw him at the the show in 2012. Yeah, Lucas is on Instagram. He does some uh, live stuff. And mm-hmm. I've checked him out. Uh, and his band is The Promise of the Real. I actually know that. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I know he's Willie Nelson's son, but he, he sounds pretty close to Willie. Mm-hmm. His voice, which is cool. The younger Willie. Jim, next up we have uh, news on Neil Young. Okay. Neil Young is recording a new album with his band, Crazy Horse. Oh. Young says, quote, the horse is back in the barn, end quote. So Neil Young and Crazy Horse have begun their work on the follow-up to their 2019 LP titled Colorado. Hmm. I don't and, know that one. Yeah. And so um, it's been a long time since they've been together, he says, and uh, more than a few tears have been shed. Uh, they're recording it in the mountains of Colorado, and uh, it's in a barn modeled after an 1850s one that collapsed on the same spot. So I'm, oh, I'm okay. guessing guessing this is Neil Young's property in Colorado because, you know, it's the favorite barn and it's redoing it. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the replica um, is just uh, beautiful, I'm sure. State of the art. Yeah. It says that it's, it's an exact replica of the original. Mark Humphreys is doing the monitors, and uh, he continues a 50-year tradition with Neil Young. It says here that uh, there are some new times, some new songs and feelings after what our world has been through and continues to face. The album that they did in 2019, Colorado, uh, was the first since the retirement of guitarist Frank Pancho San Pedro. Poncharelli. Poncharelli. <laughs> San Pedro, S-A-M, not San Pedro, not, not St. Peter. So then he was replaced by Niels Lofgren. People know the name Niels Lofgren. Oh, yeah. Who had a professional relationship with Neil Young way back into 1970 after the Gold Rush sessions. So, uh, yeah, so look for that uh, if you're a fan of Neil Young and Crazy Horse. If you enjoyed the Colorado album, this would be one just following up two years I'll later. I'll have to check that out. Because I think I think the one before that was called Psychedelic Pill. Mm. It was like yeah. it was two. I think it was two albums. And I have that one. Yeah, yeah. How we do we know how old Neil Young is? No, no, he's not it's very be young. Late seventies. Yeah. Now back when we saw Farm Aid in uh, twenty twelve, I think it was. Uh, you know, he was he was playing towards the end too. Remember, it's getting late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he did like four twelve minute songs. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> We were sitting down on a blacktop by then. We had a blanket or something, and we were... We were, we were well, we ate late because the yeah, lines we were, were long. We were chilling. All that was an experience. Yeah. And I never saw, never seen Neil Young before. Yeah. And I never uh, have seen Willie until then. So that was good. Yeah. Very cool. What's next, Jim? So I don't know if you heard about this, but Red Rocks, the concert venue. Yes. The natural one out in Colorado. There's a petition over the introduction of wireless headphones and a smartphone app 
to listen to the concert, mm-hmm. you know, while you're there. Yeah, is that a problem? Some people are thinking that's a problem. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Red okay. Rocks invited fans in row 40 and up to bring wired headphones and download the Mix Halo app in order to listen to studio quality in-ear audio straight from the soundboard. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's yeah, which... it's kind of weird because mm-hmm. you're, you're there. And sometimes, I don't know, I, li- I like to hear a concert as it's coming to me. You know, that not like I'm listening off of a CD. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, I'm there, I, I could just put a video on and, yeah. and do that. Right. So for the purist, you want to actually hear what's going on in front of you. Oh, yeah. 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 Not, uh, not, not fine-tuned and such. Yeah. yeah that makes and, sense. Mm-hmm. And it's received a mixed response. Uh, some unhappy fans, they set up a change.com petition. I don't know what that is. Uh, the petition made the case for the Red Rocks decibel limit to be repelled saying recently red rocks has suggested people bring headphones from home we already covered that Mm -hmm. to connect to their cell phones Mm -hmm. so and they're saying this is unacceptable so it sounds like they took the decibel limit and excuse me yeah what the decibels were the loudness and and made a limit on it, lower limit on it yeah brought that down okay yeah were they fearing that it would disturb the rocks and maybe the rocks might start coming down if they're playing too loud i mean it's kind of bizarre but it's possible well red rocks confirmed that the current decibel limit was agreed in 2016 has been in place ever since okay uh, denied any suggestion that the trial of the new tech was related to the venue's sound quality or noise limits. Hmm. Uh, it says Red Rocks continues to have the same acoustic quality that fans have experienced for more than 80 years. Uh, no changes have been made to sound limits at Red Rocks since 2016. So it, it's an interesting one, you know, if you want to mm-hmm. sit there. and I mean, you know, it is live. It is while it's happening. Right, It, right. it is an experience uh, yeah. because what you're hearing is exactly what you're seeing at the same time although if you watch a live dvd you're sort of watching it as it happened but <laughs> you know um, well they're mixing maybe 40 still years mixing ago it, yeah yeah all right next uh what i have for us jim is an obituary oh no okay that's sad yeah so last time i had an obituary it was a producer and it's it's a really good chance to learn about something about him but as a drummer myself uh, this is Roger Hawkins, and I didn't know the name, but yet we all have heard him play. We've all heard Roger Hawkins play. Uh, born the 16th of October, 1945, and he passed away in May this year, 75 years old. He was not a flashy performer. Mm-hmm. He played his part on such hit records as Aretha Franklin's I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. Respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Okay. He's playing drums on that, Say a Little Prayer, and Percy Sledge, When a Man Loves a Woman. And you know that one. It's really slow. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah. So a lot of these, as a drummer, and as I think about it, a lot of these are not fast or wild, kind of the John Bonham drum fills kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but but really feeling out. And what he says is, I, I like to listen to... The singer. I'm following the singer. And so that's interesting. He's he's following the voice and, you know, the bass is going to have to follow. The yeah, and drama. these are people that use their voice as, as an instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the voices of such timeless classics uh, are those of African-Americans. And so think about this. This is the mid-60s. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is when I was born. I didn't remember that period, but there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of segregation. And yet, there's a lot of integration in the music industry, and you know that. Mm-hmm. So, he was part of the finest rhythm section in the 1960s and 70s in the small Alabama town of Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Muscle Shoals yeah. had the Swampers. Yeah, the Swampers. <laughs> and uh, They've been you know, known when, to do a song or two. Well, you know, I have to say, when I was a kid, I, I thought it was, you know, something to do with... Uh, Indigestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you got the swampers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought it was even worse. I thought it was like an infection, the swamp pus. You actually, know? I remember. got the swamp pus. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, actually, I remember now, and this is go, goes to misheard lyrics. Yes, yes. Is that I thought they were saying um, Muscle Shoals had the swamp flu. Swamp flu. Yeah. 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 Swamp pus. Swamp the way they flu. Say I it. mean, you know, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, so, Roger Hawkins playing drums back in there with the rhythm section. Uh, got a picture here. And sorry, listeners, you can't see it. But you've got uh, guys on a 1940s car here. Roger Hawkins uh, is in this. And the picture shows uh, five white guys mm-hmm. and one black guy in the rhythm section here for oh, yeah. Muscle Shoals Studios. Just just thinking back and just reflecting uh, on our times and on racial equality and racial justice. Thinking about the 1960s, 55 years ago, this rhythm section in Alabama being mostly white, having these people come, these great vocalists, these great black vocalists. Yeah. Weren't some from Chicago, probably, coming and, and you know, this, you could get your, your house vandalized for this. You know, this is, this is some amazing stuff. Uh, in the words of Jerry Wexler... Mm-hmm. Going to quote him. Uh, this is I re- know Jerry. Yeah, you know you and Jerry like this. No, I know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, uh, I, I mentioned it before. I, yeah, yeah. I, I know Jerry. Jerry's son. I don't yeah. know him personally, but I have met him. Yeah, you've talked with Jerry Wexler. Yes, I have talked. Mm-hmm. So Jerry Wexler was Aretha Franklin's producer, and Jerry Wexler said this quote: "White Southern musicians, unlike their British counterparts, who learned the blues off records." lived the blues themselves, saw mm-hmm. them, tasted them, were rooted in the same soil as their black teachers, end quote. So just looking at the South from 50 to 60 years ago and white people and black people making music together, mm-hmm. you know, while the rest of people, I mean, they had to use separate bathrooms still. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Well, I wonder um, when they went on tour, say they had, you know, there's like mm-hmm. four or five white people and one black person were were they sort of protected in that group yeah and i was doing some reading and i'm trying to think what interview that was for jim but doing some reading about how there was some protection yes but there were times where the white people had it were able to go in the front door and check in and somebody else had to come around the side oh, okay. and, it's, and it's it's sad yeah, yeah it is yeah it, it talks uh in this uh some information i was reading here about respect and say a little prayer and mm-hmm. such like that. Uh, it says here that he uh, applied care and tuning of his drums, which he adjusted to suit the singer's voice. A lot of people who aren't drummers don't know that drums are tuned. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a professional, you actually have them tuned, not just so they sound okay or they're not vibrating, but they actually are tuned. And so he would tune to the singer's voice wow. and what was yeah. going on. And professional drummers do that. Mm-hmm. And he says, quote, I was always a better listener than a drummer. 
So he's humble as well. Um, they built their own studios there at Muscle Shoals Sound is the name of it. It's a former casket factory. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the Undertaker's showroom uh, is in the nearby town of Sheffield. Um, some other people that, that were there at Muscle Shoals, uh, 1969 album for Cher. Uh, Boz Skaggs, mm-hmm. Paul Simons, Love Me Like a Rock, Rod Stewart's I Don't Want to Talk About It, Bob Seger, and uh, some other hits. What's interesting about Roger Hawkins is he then, uh, in 1973, so it's just shortly after, uh, was part of the English rock band Traffic. Okay. And they recorded with, with Hawkins. And so it's good to hear some of those Traffic tunes. I was listening to one last week. Yeah, we all know Steve Winwood. Yeah. I was listening mm-hmm. to Traffic, and I was thinking, uh, yeah, that's the that's Roger Hawkins playing right there. Uh, Hawkins is survived by his wife, Brenda, and son, Dale, and two grandchildren. So thinking of Roger Hawkins, uh, we got a photo here of him uh, with his monogrammed shirt and uh, he's playing ever so nicely there. He looks a little bit like maybe somebody from Star Trek with that haircut. Oh, yeah. And all. yeah, but that's yeah. that's 50 or 60 years ago, so uh, that's what we got. So next up, I got a, I got a couple of podcasts that uh, you might want to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one's called Bizarre Albums. The host is Tony Thaxton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he covers like weird, of course, bizarre albums. And I went through some of his podcasts. They're mainly actors who have recorded music. Mm-hmm. Like Donnie Most, uh, Kurt Russell. Donnie Most was Ralph Mouth in Happy Days. Okay. Kurt Russell, uh, the, the album George Burns Sings. Even He was mainly known as a comedian, of course. Right. One I listened to actually today was Buddy Holly's story. And it is Gary Busey. And if anyone hasn't seen this movie, it's actually a great movie, Buddy Holly's story. It's actually hard to find. You have to rent it. It's not, I haven't been able to find it, you know, for free. But Yeah, I've not seen it yet. Yeah, it was done, um, I want to say it was in the 80s, maybe. So, if anybody knows anything about Gary Busey, he's a little, he's a little crazy, but uh, there is a reason. He, he did have a motorcycle accident, and he did have some brain damage. Mm. Just, uh, just enough to make him funny. Yeah. Yeah. But he claims uh, that he did die on the operating table. He's, he's, he's a wordmeister, if you... If, he says the weirdest things, but somehow yeah. they somehow make sense yeah. sometimes. Yeah. He's like, he's a philosopher, you know? Yeah. He, so there's the near death experiences. They'll do that to you. My mm-hmm. wife was reading a book and she's been reading up in the last recent months on near death experiences and their commonalities yeah. and stuff. That's fascinating. I didn't know he was a part of that. Yeah. It could spark the brain. Yeah. Uh, like jump starting your car. But th- this last podcast, uh, Buddy Holly's story, it, it goes into a little bit about what he's doing now. There's mm-hmm. sound bites. Gary, it's it's a good podcast. Uh, and somehow, <laughs> I just discovered Gary Busey has a TV show. It's called Pet Judge, <laughs> and it's sort of like the People's Court, but he takes he covers <laughs> pet cases. And I'm going to show Mike here. Yeah. This this looks like it's a, a Saturday Night Live skit. Right, right, right. Yes, it's Gary Busey, Pet Judge. Yeah. yeah. And and you sent me the link, and I watched just hours ago, I watched and the he has, one segment. It is hilarious. Yeah. I highly recommend it for And And for he has listeners. some catchphrase like, um, I'll get you justice, or something like that. I'll <laughs> get you justice. Yeah. So then there's another podcast uh, I just discovered. It's called A Little Bit Famous, and the host is Ted Murata. 
Mm-hmm. And I had the pleasure of uh, messaging him uh, last night. We messaged back and forth. And he, his podcast is similar to ours. I don't know if he does a regular podcast, but I, I've seen he does a lot of interviews. And they're not only music people, but also um, people in entertainment. Uh, he had a per- I think he had a cellist mm-hmm. on that he's actually friends with. If you go on his Wikipedia, I wish I could remember his name. But he had a, a whole list of anybody and everybody this guy's worked with. And he talked to him. And it's sort of the same format that we do, which is great because we... We, we like music podcasts. We like other podcasts that aren't exactly what we do, but, you know, the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. So it's a very enjoyable podcast. So I would urge you to check it out. A Little Bit Famous, it's called, with Ted Murata. Cool. A Little Bit Famous. Yes. All right. So next up, uh, I want to talk about some music products. This is yeah. a, a new segment. I've been seeing... Mostly on Facebook, Instagram, a lot of these companies you got to be wary of, you know, especially the t-shirt companies that are selling band t-shirts. Right. You may get the shirt, you may not. It could be poor quality. Yeah. You don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. If it comes from China, it takes a long time to get here. I know that. Yeah. The first one is called Alphabet Legends, mm-hmm. and they put out a, a book, they put out several books, um, Having to do with the alphabet, and yes, this is geared towards kids. Uh, it's from age zero, which I thought was odd, to 12. Uh, that's what it actually said. Yeah, yeah. for the one-month-old, for yeah. your, your special one-month-old. Yeah. yeah. They have one of their books is Guitar Legends, which cool. I thought was great. And it's uh, from Jimi Hendrix to Angus Young. Angus. Uh, to S- Sister Rosetta Tharp, uh, Guitar Legends, uh, Strings Together is an A to Z of the most gifted axemen and women to ever strut the stage. Mm-hmm. And it's artistically illustrated and passionately written, inspiring history lesson, and music to the ears of any young or not so young guitar enthusiast. So I thought that was pretty cool. You can go at alphabetlegends.com. And even though I'm kind of endorsing these products, I have not uh, ordered this product. Or received any money for what But I do read the reviews, and I do make sure that people have actually received product. So, uh, next one is Rock and Roll Tequila. Mm. Now, these bottles that they come in are shaped like electric guitars. They're really cool. 750 milliliter, uh, perfect premium tequila. You know, I've got, Jim, I just got this weird feeling that our friend Keith mm-hmm. is going to show us this in a, in a few days. Okay. I, when we visit him, I think he's going to have one of these. I think he's going to have a guitar-shaped bottle with tequila in it. Yeah. I can picture that. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it says, our, this is off the website, and the website is yahooheart.com. I think that is a distributor. Um, I think it can be found on other websites, too. Mm-hmm. So you just type in, I guess, rock and roll tequila. Um, But it says, our story began with an epic journey to the distant highlands of Jalisco, Mexico. Mm -hmm. It's Jalisco. Jalisco. Mm -hmm. uh, When former music producer and rock and roll tequila founder Andy Herbst, I'm probably saying that wrong, H-E-R-B-S-T, Herbst. It's probably Herbst. He was in search of the perfect premium tequila. So since then, most of the music genre itself and rock and roll tequila have evolved since he started this, uh, transforming the brand into award-winning tequila known for its defiantly unique bottle and love for its ultra-premium quality and taste. 
That's great. So it's not just the bottle. It is the taste. It, it is, you know, it's not just a gimmick where you have the bottle and it tastes like... Well, the bottles you know. are pretty cool and, uh, you know, it's something that after you drank it, you maybe want to display it. I mean, there, I think there's three or four different guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, we, haven't found the, we haven't found the cost of this, have we? Uh, these are, I want to say they're like $40. Oh, okay. I thought it'd be 35, more. I, I was picturing 99 to one. No. Yeah. And it, like I said, it's 750 milliliter. Mm-hmm. So our last product, mm-hmm. it's a company called DW Home. Mm-hmm. And it's dwhome.com. And they make candles. Mm-hmm. They make unique candles. Here are some of the scents. Uh, Mountain Air, Black Tuxedo. Cigar Lounge. You know, who doesn't like the smell of a good cigar? Yeah, yeah. Cigar Lounge. Yeah. Wow. Modern Gentleman. I don't know what that smells like. Hmm. Somebody is clean, hopefully. Classic Man. (laughs) That might be iffy. Uh, Are these candles or is a spray? These are candles. Oh, I thought it was a spray. You spray your room with it or something. Uh, We got Auto Shop. Oh, yeah. 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 Old Oil and Grease. Nothing like it. Yeah. Fairway. Meaning, uh, you know, golf course. Yeah, yeah. Barbershop. Oh, little, little shaving, menthol, shaving yeah. cream. Yeah, yeah. And I actually have a candle that we're going to try out. Okay. So let wow. me go get it. Okay, yeah. So I actually do have the product in front of me. Yeah, yeah, it's bubble wrapped. And this scent, appropriately, is record store. Okay, record store. Yeah. So let's we're going to see what it smells like here. Oh, yeah. If I can get it out of the plastic. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Oh, cool. It's so rec- I like I like the the lids. Look, check out the lid. It's a it's yeah. a record. Yeah. Yeah, the lid is a record. Yeah, yeah. It's in a black uh canister here. Very cool. These are handcrafted and it had approximately I think it says 33 hours. It's real tiny on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Record store. Richly scented candle. So I have a lighter. Hopefully okay. I don't light our papers on fire here. Let me get, let me get a little little smell here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's good so far. Yeah. Someone commented that it does it smell like moldy basement, <laughs> you know? 19 uh 1960s paper, cardboard and paper. I don't know. I think it's got a little... I think there's a little vanilla in there. Okay. So I lit the candle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really smell anything. Yeah. Well, it's going to take a little bit to get to your brain. <laughs> I like the record album. It's uh, it's blank up there. You know, we've got to, you got to write in the... What, what I think I smell Motley Crue. <laughs> if you... I hope I don't smell Bon Jovi. Well, you know, the Beatles must be mentioned each time, and so uh, I wonder if it's going to smell like the Beatles on their first tour. It, it has a, a pleasant smell. Mm-hmm. Let me get some air wafting my yeah. way here. Let me see here. We just don't want to light the studio on fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to let this burn while we, yeah. uh, while we go on. And these candles, I want to say they are... $20. Now, what's interesting is it says DW Home. I was just kind of thinking that DW is the a, a brand of drum manufacturer along, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Tama and Yamaha. And I thought DW. So I wonder if there's any relationship between the DW Home. Probably not. They carry other products like yeah. home products besides this, candles. This just happens to be a musical candle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll sniff that in and then we're going to go to our... Next 
thing. This isn't the uh, where I have to be tested true and false. Oh, so yes. All right, so while you're getting that, I'm going to make a little spot for Prevagen. Prevagen. <laughs> Prevagen. If you don't remember what you're talking about, take a Prevagen. It'll come back to you. So that should be their byline. It'll come back to you. Prevagen. It'll come back to you. So our next segment. True or false? True or false? True or false? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that was. <laughs> okay, so these are three... I don't know. Satan? 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 So these are three... Yes, I'm ready. Stories. I am, I am so ready right now. One Jim. of these is false. Okay. So see if... Uh, we're going to see if Mike can pick out. You can play along at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you're not going to tell me until I get to the, the very all end. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we have a headline... That's false! Okay. Oh, oh. We have a headline. <laughs> we have a headline, and then we uh, have, uh, like, one sentence. Yeah. So okay. it's three of them, and one is false, and I'm going to find yes. the false one. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And, by the way, I did make up these headlines, so. Of course. On all three. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first one is, I did it my way, and then I died. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the Philippines, at least 12 or more people have died since 2002 while doing karaoke to the Frank Sinatra song, My Way. Okay, that's the first one. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. The second one, was Bob Dylan really blowing in the wind? Mm. Bob Dylan's song, Blowing in the Wind, took 30 takes to get it right since Dylan had to stop each time because of gas pains and farting. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this is difficult. Okay. Because, you know, me and Mr. Yeah. Zimmerman, you know, we, yeah. we go way back. Yeah. Okay, here's the third one. All right. Princess Beatrice. Now, Princess Beatrice yes. Beatrice. is a real person. Yes, Beatrice. Beatrice. She is like Prince... Is it Prince Albert? In a can? <laughs> Prince Andrew. Okay. Yes, Prince Andrew. She's Prince mm -hmm. Andrew's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sliced open Ed Sheeran's face with a sword while attempting to knight James Blunt at the Royal Lodge in Windsor. Wow. Okay, so that's our third one. Okay, wow. Okay, so to recap, we have... The karaoke. The karaoke, my way. People have died. Yes. Singing that song. Uh -huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Dylan blowing in the wind. Mm -hmm. Was he really blowing in the wind? Yes. And then Princess Beatrice uh, knighting James Blunt. Yes. And cutting Ed Sheeran and cutting. with a sword. Cutting Ed Sheeran. Where was he cut? The leg? The face? The face. He was cut on the face. Yes. By Ms. Beatrice. Yes. I like to say Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice. I like, I like to have a three syllable. I'm going to Beatrice your butt. <laughs> Ms. Beatrice. All right, so I, I, I am going to find the false one here. And I believe that the false one is A, my way. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to go through each one. Yes. The first one is actually true. Mm. Okay. The, they did it their way, didn't they? The my way killings are a social phenomenon in the Philippines referring to a number of fatality disputes that arose due to the singing of My Way. It wasn't that they died singing it, but they did die singing it. Yeah. 
According to local authorities, at least 12 people died between 2002 and 2012. Now, I haven't been able to find anything after 2012, so that's... Mm -hmm. it, it is true. Maybe it died down. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, I have a couple other karaoke killings. In August 2007, mm -hmm. a karaoke singer in Seattle, Washington, was attacked by a woman who wanted him to stop singing Cold Plays Yellow. She did not like that song. It's all yellow. Yes. Now, he was attacked. He wasn't killed. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And in March 2008, a man was arrested in Thailand for shooting eight people to death, including his brother-in-law, in a dispute stemming from several karaoke offerings included repeated renditions of John Denver, Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads. Wow. Just they, had enough. They heard it once too many times. Had well, enough. Yes. Uh, in December 2008, a man in, uh, at a Malaysia coffee shop hogged the karaoke microphone so long he was stabbed to death by other patrons. This is sad stuff. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, just, it's only funny later. It's not funny at the time. And we're, we're probably going to be doing karaoke Saturday, but we're, yeah. we're amongst friends. Don't, yeah. don't be concerned about us. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we'll live through it. Yeah. yeah. In August 2012, a fight over the microphone broke out in a Chinese karaoke parlor with a man killing two others with a meat cleaver. And lastly, in July 2013, an American was stabbed to death for refusing to stop singing in a karaoke bar in, I'm going to probably mess this, Karabi, Thailand. Hmm. K-R-A-B-I. Oh, so it's an American in Thailand. Yes. Yes, yes. drunk. It's definitely drunk. So watch out when you're doing karaoke. Okay. Now the so that's uh, so yeah so the karaoke killings it's true yes yes and I thought it was false so I did not win so, so we have the next one so was Bob Dylan really blowing in the wind this is the false story <sighs> but I somehow found a recording of that day in the studio you so did. is it false let's listen in on the studio when Bob Dylan was recording okay. Here we go. Yes, I'm, I'm listening. Yes. Okay. Blowing in the wind. Eight, 11. Yeah, so he really needed to, to take a break. Yeah. It, I'll never listen to Blowing in the Wind again. So is that true? Way. That is actually false. Yeah, that's false. Leaving the third one true then. Third, the third one that yes, I didn't guess. Um, Ed Sheeran actually got stabbed in the face. Um, I was feeling that was true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So th this was, I don't know what year this was, but it says Ed was 25 at the time. He was rushed to the hospital after B. That's what he called her, I guess. Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice. 28, swung the ceremonial blade over her shoulder without realizing he was behind her. 
The wow. royal had grabbed a sword after soldier-turned-singer James Blunt, 42, joked that he would love to become a sir. But as she, as she said, arise, Sir James. Arise, Sir James! Arise, Sir James! She is believed to have misjudged the weight of the blade and had no idea Ed Sheeran was standing behind her. Mm-hmm. So he was taken to the hospital for treatment uh, to a gash under his eye. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't poke his eye out. You and know? Beatrice was said to Man. be inconsolable. Yeah. So Cried all night yeah. and the next night. Now, Ed Sheeran has, he denied this story for a while, but somehow it got out. Yeah. And I saw him on Graham Norton. I love watching Graham Norton. Because mm-hmm. he'll have interesting people mm-hmm. on there. I think Ed Sheeran was sitting next to Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. You know, McConaughey. <laughs> you said that well, too. McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Miss Ma- McConaughey. Miss Mamelhey. Miss Mamelhey. So Graham Norton wanted to tell the story and uh ed sheeran said to to start it with alleged hmm. allegedly but you know that's that's interesting because i mean it either happened and he does or have it a, didn't but he was there I mean, and he has a scar on yeah, his face yeah so there's still mystery in that because you know if you got hit in the face with a you know what I, he's trying to protect beatrice because she was inconsolable that's what it is he's trying to be a nice guy and protect her yeah from the offense. So, Jim, we got something special for the listeners next. Uh, something you prepared? Yeah, I, I, I have a summer song. That song that I've been listening to this summer. Everybody needs a summer song. Oh, yeah. Something that defines the summer for them. This defines yes. the summer for me mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's Tom Waits. Um, Filipino box spring hog. And I don't know. Filipino box spring hog. This is where you build a big fire. Mm-hmm. You throw a box spring on it until it's burnt off everything but the still springs. Save so a spring grill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you put a summer. hog over the springs above the coals, sauce it with a broom, flip it over every now and then. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Takes a while. I heard it takes all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're not familiar with this song, um, we, we got Tom Waits in here. Yeah. Thank you. There's that Bruce. Are you ready? Spider rolled in from Hollister, burned with a one-eyed stolen mare. Donned himself with a chicken fire, sewing on a jaw bean ballet. Kathleen was sitting down, little as recovery room in a criminal underwear bra. I was naked to the waist with a fierce black hound. I'm cooking up a Philippine black spring hog. Cooking up a Philippine box spring hog. Cooking up a Philippine box spring hog. <coughs> Tom, it's so good to have you in the studio. It's it's been great. Uh, great having a drink with you earlier, and thanks for sharing. Oh, it's great you. being here. Yeah, yeah. Talk to you later, guys. <laughs> Take care. Wow, that was exciting. I know it's just amazing to, to have to, Mr. Tom Waits yeah. in the studio. Incredible. <laughs> it warms, warms my heart like summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does.
So let's talk about some uh, new bands. Mm-hmm. I, I've yeah. got one new band and one old band. I don't know if well, you cool. want to go first, Mike. Or... No, go ahead. And I've, I've got one person I want to focus on today. So there's this blues band uh, called When Rivers Meet. Yeah, I don't know. Great. They're from Essex, England. It's a husband and wife blues band. They have uh, one album out. It came out in 2020. It's called We Fly Free. They're currently recording their second album. Yeah, so they're doing things new here. This is this is recent stuff. And what's amazing is that they they just won, I think it was in April, four UK Blues Awards. Yeah, they won four UK Blues Awards. Uh, I think one was maybe um, Best Upcoming Blues Band. But that's incredible. Four Blues Awards. They just have a great sound. They are categorized on Apple Music as rock, hmm. uh, so they do have an edge to them, mm-hmm. but, but not but not truly rock. It's it's some other blended, yeah, feel in there. Yeah, I don't know if there's other music. I know I hear drums, um, but I know her husband plays the guitar, lead guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking, imagine Nora Jones and Kenny Wayne Shepherd starting a blues band. Yeah, wow. Basically, because Kenny Wayne Shepherd, you know, he is not the singer um, of the band; he just plays guitar. Yeah. So, but she she has she has a really good voice. So the uh, the couple's name is Grace, and her husband's name is Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they first met, Grace had been touring festivals with a Meatloaf tribute act. Wow! And Aaron had been playing in local rock bands. Truly, believe they are. They're going places. Um, can't wait to hear their, their second album. So a blues rock feel? Yeah. you know, they're classified as rock, so. But it's, it's their songs are, are unique. I listened to the album a couple times, and, I mean, their, their voices um, go together perfectly. There are a couple slow songs in there, and there's, there's some really rock and some blues licks but it's not it's not your traditional just um uh blues yeah it's it's there's a lot more going on there a lot of good great guitar solos so check out uh, when rivers meet very cool when rivers meet yes when rivers meet yeah i'm gonna check it out mm-hmm. jim i'd like to focus on a man who is a master musician and host chris Thiele. so Christopher Scott Thiele was born in 1981, mm-hmm. and um, I first heard about him through the band Nickel Creek, uh, which I'll refer to in a minute here. But he's an American mandolinist, singer, songwriter, composer, and now radio host, radio personality. Mm-hmm. So some of you might know, uh, those of you who listen to NPR, uh, like myself, know that Prairie Home Companion ended and they were looking for someone to fill Garrison Keillor's shoes, and that's pretty mm-hmm. big shoes to fill. Yeah. So they called on Chris Thiele. And he did it uh, until he decided to change the name of Prairie Hill Companion to Live From Here. So, you know, it still has that same variety show feel, bringing in new musicians, new comedy acts, mm-hmm. storytelling, just music and storytelling, and, and it's a great, a great time for all. So he changed it to Live From Here, and then... And then live from here, I believe, needed to end due to the pandemic. Uh, Chris Thiele uh, started uh, in 1989 in Carlsbad, California. Now, I've been to Carlsbad, California. It's on the coast. 
south of L.A., mm-hmm. not to be confused with Carlsbad Caverns, which are somewhere else. But this is Carlsbad, and they were at this little pizza place called That Pizza Place. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Chris Thiele and his parents, and then also some other people there. And they're playing folk, contemporary folk music, and um, they had several albums out. And Nickel Creek actually got to, began to gain popularity. And uh, it was, he's been playing the mandolin since age five, so he's, he's really got it down. When he was eight, the Thiele family and the Watkins family formed Nickel Creek. And so you'll, you'll see how it develops uh, with that. So we've got, uh, they've moved to, uh, moved to Murray, Kentucky, and, and in 2007, Nickel Creek ended. Thiele started a band called How to Grow a Band. It's a little bit, you know, awkward title, but mm-hmm. I guess that's Thiele for you. How to Grow a Band and How to Grow a Woman from the Ground. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah. So when they were uh, when they were doing that, he said, "I didn't know." Quote: "I didn't know if it would be a rock ensemble, an ambitious acoustic classical thing, or a bluegrass group." Uh, and so he's yeah describing his uh, thoughts as he's trying to form a new band and put together a bluegrass group. So he puts together a bluegrass group. They become uh, the Tensions Mountain Boys. Now, again, that's kind of an awkward... I mean, how do you talk about the tensions with a plural? Mm-hmm. The tensions, mountain yeah. boys. So much easier to say is the current form, the Punch Brothers. Nice. So Chris Thiele is a for, uh, part of the Punch Brothers, and uh, we've got... Uh, I'm looking at a photo here of them playing in 2008. As the Punch Brothers, um, they played on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and that was in 2008. In 2010, they're on The Late Show with David Letterman, with Steve Martin guesting on banjo. So Steve Martin's playing with Mm -hmm. the Punch Brothers and Chris there with Letterman. So some pretty cool stuff there. He gets together with a bassist called Edgar Meyer, and I have not heard of him before, uh, playing on None Such Records and doing some side projects. Again, back to Prairie Home Companion, which I was a regular listener to. Every Saturday, I would get out uh, the eggs, make some eggs for Mm -hmm. myself, my wife, my kids who would come to breakfast later, and I'd be listening to Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times. Yeah. it's uh, So, Mike, whatever happened to Garrison Killer? What happened there? You know, I I don't know. That's a great question. Has he passed? You You don't know? No. No. It's something to do with the Me Too movement oh, that we don't have to talk about. Okay, yeah. interesting. So he he was feeling left out of the Me Too movement. Yeah, he was accused of um, sexual misbehavior. Sniffing hair? hair? There's been hair sniffing in the past. He might have been sniffing the microphone. Oh. I don't know. No, I don't know. So they had to move him on. Yes. Yeah, that is after sad. all those years. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will we will look into that, and you, the listeners, you can look into that yourself. So he took over. Uh, Chris Thiele did take over, and uh, was the host for the first time on October fifteenth, twenty sixteen. So now you get your your time frame there. And NPR did need to cancel the show uh, due to COVID. Uh, people couldn't be there. You know, in the auditorium mm-hmm. listening and so that last show was june 14th 2020 was that a weekly show or? yeah and it came on every saturday morning okay yeah so yeah. when you're doing your thing whatever you do saturday morning so 
Chris Thiele, uh, on his own, doing another solo project. This is all new. It's called Lay Songs. It's very, very interesting. It's just him, his voice, and his mandolin. And there's a little feet stomping in the first one called Lay Song on the album, Lay Songs. Uh, but it's very, it's very raw. It's acoustic. It's philosophical. Uh, he's analyzing some religious constructs. I just recently read that he drew, he grew up in a Christian evangelical family. And so I think he's going back and, and trying to figure all that out, how he sees God. And there is uh, salt of the earth. And he puts in parentheses, salt in the wounds of the earth. And he's got a three <laughs> song on that. I really like uh, the first song, Lay Song. And uh, it's just really uh, reflective. Some other things, just to close with, uh, with Chris Thiele. He was involved in something called Goat Rodeo. And that was with cellist Yo-Yo Ma. Oh, I thought maybe he rode goats. No, no, Goat it's not rode. an actual. I was like, I've got to go see that. No, because that okay. that would be great for that. That would probably bring back uh, live from here. Their backs aren't that strong though yeah. to support. You yeah. know, you would have to be uh, very tiny. Yeah. So I think the chaos. <laughs> uh huh. Smaller than a jockey for the the horse racing that we mm -hmm. saw. Yeah, that would be interesting. Can you put a cat on the goat's back? I was thinking four year old humans, but. Yeah. Yeah, a cat. Put cats on goats, on baby goats. It would be like um, yeah. someone riding a wild bull, mm -hmm. you know, except the cat is going to be the wild bull yeah. on the back of the goat. Cats. Just flailing listen, around. I know cats. You know cats. Yeah. They would not be happy. No. No. They don't like to be juggled either. Cats. <laughs> if you... Yeah, if you okay. lived through the 70s, I'm you know sorry, about Chad Juggling. So, um, so Goat Rodeo. Yes. Goat Rodeo is actually the name of the, the, the band, the meeting of minds. Yo-Yo Ma on cello, Duncan, Stuart Duncan on banjo and fiddle, Edgar Meyer on bass, and Chris Thiele on mandolin and vocals. But they came, that was in 2011, and they came back around again in 2020, just last year, for not our first Goat Rodeo. So uh, it's an interesting amalgamation, and yes, I'm going to use the word amalgamation, of, of amalgamation. This <laughs> is amalgamation, y'all, of instruments coming together. The ones mm -hmm. I just mentioned coming together to bring a kind of bluegrass classical avant-garde mix. It's very interesting. So check out Goat Rodeo, and you will be surprised at mm -hmm. what you're hearing. What, what's your um, take on? Uh, bluegrass rap. I have heard the term. I I was watching, and I'm not lying. America's Got Talent. Yeah, the other yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, and there was a couple guys playing banjo. You know, they started out with a bluegrass song. Yeah, yeah. And then a, a guy that was standing on the side comes to the mm -hmm. the front, and then starts rapping. It's familiar. It it's was familiar. Actually, it's familiar shit. It was actually unique, and mm -hmm. it was actually good. Hmm. Uh, so so it. Was interesting enough to, to be good. Yeah, I've never heard banjos behind someone rapping. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it That's flowed. fascinating. Flowed like Flo Millie. Yeah. Yeah. It's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know this. They think the banjo is just from Appalachia or Appalachia mm -hmm. uh, in the eastern central U.S., but it's not. You know, it's amazing that it comes from Africa. Brought over with the djembe and African drums, it was brought over from Africa. Can you imagine that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it comes together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Blue gas rap. I just said blue gas. <laughs> <laughs> blue, 
Blue gas. Blue gas. Thinking of Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan rap. Poor Bob Dylan. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to investigate that a little bit. I got I got to check out Blue Gas. Blue Gas. Bluegrass. Yes. <laughs> and goat rodeos. Goat rodeo. So um, this is something new, but something old. Mm-hmm. And it's the band Los Lobos. Yes. And they have, they're coming out with their 17th album. Mm-hmm. I would think that they would have more than 17 no, albums. No, I still would have gone with like 12, 13. Well, they started 43 years ago, oh, believe it or not. Oh, yes. Los Lobos. Yeah. So this new album is a cover album. Okay. And is it a co- no, wait, is it a cover of Weezer songs? That no, would be no. so funny. These are L.A. artists. Okay. Except the title track, which at Los Lobos is an L.A. artist, mm-hmm. which they wrote. That's their only original. But they cover the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. Sail On, Sailor. Don't know if you know that one. I've never heard of some of these bands. The Midnighters. Nope, don't know them. So I, I think there's some uh, obscure L.A. bands, but they're paying homage to the L.A. Mm-hmm. music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Barrett Strong. Buffalo Springfield, though. Um, mm-hmm. Bluebird, uh, for what it's worth. I don't really know that song. Jackson Brown, uh, Jamaica Say You Will. Mm. So these are, I think these are kind of, I know Sailor Sail On mm-hmm. by the Beach Boys, but I think some of these are kind of obscure and also obscure bands. Right, right when you would, you would look for obscure yeah. songs to, to be unique for your album. You wouldn't look for the hits. Yeah. I mean, you got the band War, uh, The World is a Ghetto. Mm. This is an interesting album to me. I heard Sail on Sailor. There are a couple, and what bands do now uh, is release like one or two. You know what I'm thinking? Like singles. Um, before an album came out, back in the old days, <laughs> they would release a single mm-hmm. or two before the entire album came out. Yeah. So what Apple Music does is these are singles, actually. Right. Yeah. Andrea Van Campen's doing that. Yeah. She's got her three singles out before the album. Yeah. August. So 6th. if you go into the album, the entire album, you'll see you'll see ones that are you can click on, and then the other ones are grayed out until the album mm-hmm. comes out. Right. So did you get to listen to any of these? Yeah, I listened to. Yeah, I actually like it, and mm-hmm. I've I listen to, I've listened to Los Lobos. I think they're they're a good band. I, I've never seen them live. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to. I had no idea they were still doing it after all these years. Oh, yeah. 43 years. Wow. They may only be in their 60s if they, you know, bands start out like when they're in their 20s, early 20s, yeah. oh, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody remembers uh, La Bamba. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their most famous song. And um, sadly, it's their most mm-hmm. famous song because it's, it's also Richie Valens song. And they did that for the movie. Oh. And I think they did all the songs for the movie. Hmm. So this new album, it's called, the album name would be good, Native Sons, uh, comes out July 30th. Very and, cool. And Los Lobos is going on tour. Their tour started actually in May. It started at the, actually, they, the first concert was a live stream, the Cinco de Mayo live stream appropriately, mm-hmm. May 5th, that yeah. was. August, they're going to be in Illinois, California, even Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh and they end their tour next year. Uh, I'm sure they're going to fill in some spots because this goes from August and then we're into July. They already have a couple of July in Colorado at Red Rocks. Which Red Rocks. Uh, they'll be there July 29th mm. and 30th. 
Bring your earbuds if you're going to Red Rock. Yes, next mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So Los Lobos. Uh, Very cool. Native Sons. Check the album out July 30th. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, good. So we got one more segment for our listeners here. What do we got, Jim? Everybody, this is Casey Kasem with America's Top Ten for the week ending July 24th, 1965. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, Casey. Yeah. It's good to hear his voice again. Yeah. So uh, we got Top Ten here, and I'm going to start out with number 10. Okay. And heading on down to one. Number 10 is a dance song. You Turn Me On, it's, it's commonly called the turn-on song, when they would request it. Uh-huh. Hey, give me that turn-on song! <laughs> by Ian Whitcomb. And uh, I had not really... And Bluesville. Yes, and, a... and Bluesville. Don't yeah. forget Bluesville. And Bluesville. Yeah, when you look up on Apple Music, they don't even mention Bluesville. Mm-hmm. They kind of just... So, uh, interesting song. Musically, I like it. I might even put it on a playlist. Uh, mm-hmm. I had not heard it before. I had just not heard it before. It's I don't think I've heard it before either. Yeah, it's 55. Now, did you notice it? Um, it? It reminded me of Elton John's Honky Cat. Yeah. Get it back, has a ragtime mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got some, you know, it's got some lyrics that are a little sexual for the time for 56 years ago. I'm thinking maybe that's mm-hmm. uh, Do the Jerk With Me. I think the jerk was a dance, actually. I'm going to guess that the jerk, you know, you kind of jerk your body around. So, uh, you know, one yeah. of the lyrics is Do the Jerk With Me. On w- Wikipedia, it actually yeah. says orgasmic vocal hook. Oh. Where he goes, ooh. Or, I, I, I oh, yes, know. yes, yes. That yeah. part in it, yeah. That is weird. Oh, 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 so I was oh, thinking oh. Um, Prince should have done this song. Yeah, yeah. and gotten away with it yeah. 40 years later. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, so there's uh, You Turn Me On. Number nine, it is the well-known, slightly overplayed Mr. Tambourine Man by The Birds. You know, I think this, uh, the lyrics, you know, they're definitive of the times, the mid-1960s. Mm-hmm. Some of the lyrics... Uh, Take me for a trip upon your magic swirling ship. I huh. mean, that's so, it's so 60s, you know oh, yeah. I mean? You know, uh, I don't know what else they're taking. Psychedelic. Yeah, they're yeah. taking something, and then they're going to take a trip. Mm-hmm. Cast your dancing spell my way, I promise to go under it. So cast your spell, and I'll be under your spell. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's no Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> but uh, I actually, if I can interject. Yes, you may. I, I really like this version by the birds mm-hmm. rather than, I think Bob Dylan did Mr. Tambourine Man. I agree with you completely. When I listened to it last week, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Now, mm-hmm. I know the birds, but I, I don't know who's singing this, but it's, just, it's a soothing, the yes. vocals are soothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually a pleasant song yeah. to listen to. And the backing, then they have backing vocals, yeah. And I know mm-hmm. we've heard it a thousand times, but... Yeah. And what's what is played more? I think it I think Bob Dylan's version is probably getting more airplay. Yeah, and yeah. I'd rather hear this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So we are in the mid sixties here. Number eight is Seventh Son by Johnny Rivers. And not to be confused with Seventh Son of the Seventh Son by Iron Maiden. Because <laughs> there is a song. I saw that on Apple Music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sting's song, uh something like the Seventh Son. Of the seventh turtle. Yeah. <laughs> Dream of the blue turtle. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So this is written by Willie Dixon. Some of you know him, okay. not personally, but you know of the Willie Dixon. So uh, early 60s. Um, ego-driven lyrics, I call it, mm-hmm. uh, that would put rappers to shame. Quote, I heal the sick and raise the dead. Mm-hmm. Make the little girls talk out of their head. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. just, you know, so it's, I think it's really interesting to just, uh, you know, I can do this, I can do that, you know, look at me and the seventh son. And, and it, interesting. And, it, and it's a live song. Oh, it is. Have you, the, there's people like oh, yelling okay. in yeah, it. Maybe they're in a studio. Who knows? Yeah. yeah now, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. Now, Johnny Rivers, I know well. Mm-hmm. Johnny Rivers is like the hitmeister. Mm-hmm. He did um, Secret Agent Man. Yes, yes. He did um, Letter from Maria or something like that. And I, I, I don't know if there, I don't think he writes the song. I think he does a lot of cover songs, but yeah. he's had a lot of, mm-hmm. he's had a good run with, with a lot of uh, these songs. All right. Uh, number seven. And you're going to all know this song, not necessarily the original, but when it was done by two other people. This is What the World Needs Now is Love by Jackie DeShannon. And this was also done and popularized by Dionne Warwick Mm -hmm. and Burt Bacharach. Uh, It's pretty straightforward plea, you know, plea uh, for love, more love in the world. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. There you go. You know, I have to say, I hate this song. (laughs) And also when you hear it, you immediately think Burt Bacharach. I don't know. It's got that <laughs> that that sappy. I'm serious. I listened to it the, the mm-hmm. other day, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I which, know this which, song, and I don't want to hear it again. Which version is that? The the Jack, Jackie Deshaun. Okay, yeah, song, yeah, yeah. But... So I think it's ahead of its time, and that's not necessarily okay. positive because it has a '70s oh, sappy yeah, th- feel. You're I mean, right. It, it's like what is what year is this? You're you know? right, and we're so, talking '65. Hey, yeah, '65. Yeah. So she's you know seven years ahead of her time. You oh know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, so. Yeah, I, I'm pick. I'm listening. I'm hearing Dionne Warwick. And someday I, we're going to talk about yacht rock. Yacht rock. You know yacht rock. No. It's it's the seventies, mostly the seventies ballads that I love. Mm. I used to call them just cheesy, yeah, yeah, cheesy. Yeah. But now they call it yacht rock, oh. like Toto. Yeah, Weezer. When Weezer redid the Toto song, mm-hmm. Africa, yeah, it sounded just like Toto. Yeah, it's really like Christopher weird. Cross. Uh, he he's yeah. like the. He's like the poster child of Yacht Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I say Christopher yeah. Cross, that describes Yacht yeah. Rock. Sailing, buddy. Sailing. But I love this. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this this song, though, is I'm telling you, I just, I, yeah. I, I don't like it. Yeah. And you don't have, <laughs> have to. have to be honest. And yeah. you don't have to. I don't. <laughs> Number six, Yes, I'm Ready by Barbara Mason. Nobody would have guessed it was Barbara Mason. Does anybody know Barbara Mason? I don't know the original. That's yeah. the problem. What are you hearing? What, uh, who, do you, who do you know? Well, it was recorded by um, uh, Case, uh, Casey. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Uh, KC. KC and the Sun. Well, not just KC from yeah. the Sunshine Band. Yeah. And... Uh, forgive me, but I forget the uh, the woman that sings. Mm-hmm. But I know she looks like a pixie, and, <laughs> and that's she, not a, and she was cute. Yeah, back it's not then. a bad thing. It's really yeah. So I know that version, and mm-hmm. that might be considered yacht rock too. I don't know this original. I don't know Barbara Mason. Yeah. I know Marsha Mason. You know she. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I listened to it, and uh, 
I don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, just it's it's mellow. It's super mellow. Lyrically, it reminds me of the times and of segregation. Have you ever been mellow? Yeah, that's that's seventies all the way. So we're continuing on in nineteen sixty-five. Cara mia. Uh, so yeah, you're at number five here, Jimbo. Yeah, we got number five. With- Cara mia. Cara mio. Mi, no, not me. Caramia. Caramia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jay and the Americans. Mm-hmm. I think the be, the beginning of the song is weird because he's like channeling Pavarotti. Yeah. You know, then the song kicks in. It's got a, you know, steady beat and, a, and kind of 50s yeah. kind of sound. And, mm-hmm. and he's really hitting those high notes. And it reminds me of Roy Orbison a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So this song, before I even looked it up to see what it was about. Yeah. I thought 50s, and of course, this song was published in 1954. Mm -hmm. It became a UK number one and a US number 10 song. Did not know that. And I never heard of it before I listened to it last week. So in 1954, Mm -hmm. it was a hit for English singer David Whitfield. Mm -hmm. And then a number four hit for uh, Jay and the Americans in 1965. And... It went into the charts in the Netherlands when it was re-released in 1980, and the title does mean "My Beloved" in yes. Italian. New to me. Yeah. So, Jim, uh, what's new, Pussycat? Yeah, number four. We got Tom Jones with what, "What's New, Pussycat," and I know for a fact I've um, I've probably seen in a, or heard in an interview. Tom Jones. This is his least favorite song to sing, but mm-hmm. he realizes he has to sing it. Mm. Because I guess some people out there still want him to sing it. Every musician probably has that you know, song that people just love and they just want to hear it. Yeah. 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 So this was a theme song. Uh, of course, this is act- actually a Burt Bacharach written song and oh. Hal David. And it was for the film What's New Pussycat. Mm-hmm. The original song, believe it or not, included a 13 second instrumental intro. I thought it said minute. Yeah. And 13 second instrumental int- introduction. Yeah, yeah. Ending in the sound of shattering glass, but later issues uh, omitted this introduction. And just got right to it, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not a whole lot. It's not a whole lot lyrically. I mean, you know, he's probably thinking, all right, I got to write a song for What's New Pussycat. How about the lyrics, What's New Pussycat, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a fun song. I think it'd be a fun song for him to sing, but Mm -hmm. it's it's not an intelligent song. Yeah, Um, yeah. But it was, and it was uh, Tom Jones' third UK top thirty record. Peaked at number eleven, mm-hmm. and in the US, it peaked at number three because yeah. they like cheese. <laughs> I tried, Jim. I tried listening to it without laughing, and then I listened to it again and tried challenge myself to actually not laugh while I was yeah. listening to it. It didn't work. Now I have a personal connection to this song. Which one? Pussy What's Cat? new, Pussycat? Okay. I have met the drummer. Of this song. Wow. His name was Andy White. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, he's passed away. Mm-hmm. I met Andy at a Memorial Day picnic mm-hmm. at the, unfortunately, the late Pat Denizio's house. Andy White also, believe it or not, was on two Beatles songs. Uh, and this was even when uh, Ringo was part of the band. Yeah. Before... Um, it was after Pete Best mm-hmm. became Pete Best was drummer, and then they brought in Ringo. So the the version of "Love Me Do," this is about Andy White, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
the version of Love Me Do with Ringo Starr mm-hmm. uh, on drums was used on the early British pressings of the single in 1962. But the version with uh, Andy White playing drums was used on the first American pressings oh. of the single in 1964. So George Martin, he disapproved of Pete Best drumming. And he was also unhappy with newcomer Ringo Starr's drumming. Wow. So on September 11th, 1962, they wanted the song recorded again. So that's where Andy White came in. So anyway, yeah, it's yeah, a little it's, on Andy White and yeah, that's, what's that new Pussy Cat. So okay. I was, you know, I don't know if you can sing any of that for us because people who are listeners who don't really know what's new Pussy Cat. What's new Pussy Cat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, there's something okay. like that. Yeah. People, and then you repeat about 26 times. You know, our listeners love when we sing. Yeah. You know, we've, it breaks it up a little bit, doesn't it? It's sure. beautiful. You know, we should start a band, you know. Okay, we're at number three. Yes, we are. I Can't Help Myself, The Four Tops. Yeah, yeah. So, I love this song. And I think a lot of people think this song is called Sugar High... Sugar, <laughs> sugar, sugar high. Pie Honey Bunch. I'm on a Sugar High. No. Sugar High Punny Bunch. Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. Yeah, I just love that. Love that. Lyric. But it's called I Can't Help Myself. Uh, and I think that the intro has to be the most recognizable. Yes, very much. In music history. I, I think you can't help moving around and snapping mm-hmm. your fingers mm-hmm. when you hear this song. Also sounds 50s to me. It sounds a little early. Sounds sounds like it's, you know, even even early 60s mm-hmm. or late 50s to me yeah. when I hear it. Yeah. So when I look up a song, I'll go on Apple Music, mm-hmm. right? So for some reason, if you start playing a song, it, it will go into the next song. I got the headphones on. I don't have them, they aren't really low, but they aren't loud, but, you know, I can mm-hmm. hear it real clearly. Mm-hmm. And this song ends, and then another song called Can't Help Myself starts, and it's a country song. And it's Dean Brody and the Recklaws. I can't help myself, y'all. I don't, but it, it's like, it just comes in, this country yeah. song comes in, and I'm like, bam! You know, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> So th- this song, uh, I Can't Help Myself, yeah. was, of course, written by Motown's uh, main production team, mm-hmm. uh, Holland, Dozier, and Holland. Mm. Uh, they wrote about 10 out of the Supreme's 12 U.S. number one singles. Wow. They wrote Baby Love, Stop in the Name of Love, Keep Me Hanging On. Uh, so they also wrote this song. Yeah. Definite theme. Definite lyrical theme, you know? Yeah. So if- Yeah. I, I'd say check this song out because it's it is a great song. The Four Tops on Motown Records. Yes, winding it up here. We're at number two on the top ten, nineteen sixty. And we got Irene Cara. No, I'm <laughs> who is who is Irene Cara? Do we ever answer that question? Yeah, we we got to the answer. Okay. If if, it, if if they were listening to the end, okay. we got to, we got the answer. So number two is very dear to my heart. Who are you? It's I'm Henry the Eighth. I am. I've always loved this song, Herman's Hermits. Don't lie. You did not always love this song. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Henry VIII, I am, I am. So if you like that, check out Herman's Hermits. They, they really were unique, you know? He was married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before. And everyone was a Henry. Henry! Ain't no Willie on a Sam. Henry! <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you know, I'd heard this song before, but I didn't really realize that he was not only the eighth, but he was the eighth Henry. So that he's she's yeah, a widow. All... She's a widow seven times, and every one of her husbands was named Henry, and that that is kind of funny. She was married to Henry Ford. 
Henry Rollins. Um, John Henry. Henry. I can't think of any Henrys. I, I think this this is a good sing-along song. I actually saw Peter Noon. I've seen him a couple times back in the 90s, mm-hmm. like the mid-90s, yeah. on the Teen Idols tour. Wow, the Teen Idols tour. Uh, with Davy Jones, yeah, yeah. Bobby Sherman, mm-hmm. you know? And everyone was singing along. Mm-hmm. Now, this is spelled Henry, H-E-N-E-R-Y, but pronounced Henry. Henry! And this will bring up uh, Ivor Davis. This is in the Cockney style. Oh, interesting. Uh, Ivor goes by Cockney Kid, by the way, on Mm -hmm. Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, Normally used to sing it. Uh, It's a 1910 British music hall song by Fred Mercury and R.P. Weston. Uh, It was a signature song of the music hall star. Wow. Harry Champion. So this was a, a good sing-along song. Yeah, from 111 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing the math. It's 111 years ago. That's that's insane. So, you, so yeah, British accent, Cockney accent specifically to sing this song. Interesting. So Joe Brown, uh, we don't know Joe, from Schmo, <laughs> included this song on his first album, A Picture of You, in 1962, but in 65, it became the fastest-selling song in history to that point when it was revived by Herman's Hermits. Hmm. And it became the group's second number one on Billboard Hot 100. Dethroning, believe it or not, our next song, <laughs> I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Yeah, number one. Uh, yeah. We got Mick Jagger. Mick. And the Rolling Stones. Uh and, and just, I just got to say, uh, last time we spoke with Ivor Davis, he said, don't, yes, and don't disrespect the Mick. Yeah. I think he called him the Mick. Do not res- disrespect, disrespect the, the Mick. Mick. Yeah. Yes. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And I'd say, um, if you haven't heard his song, go listen to it. I, I've actually heard it way too many times. Yeah, I think, I think. I believe, uh, the lyrics uh, refer to sexual frustration and commercialism. Mm-hmm. Now this, I found this interesting. Keith Richards wrote this song in his sleep. It's and it, kind of hard to do, but yeah, he accomplished well, that. Well, he record yeah. get this, he recorded a rough version of the riff, I guess the guitar riff, mm-hmm, yeah. on a Phillips cassette player. He had no idea he had written it. He said when he listened to the recording in the morning, there was about two minutes of acoustic guitar before you could hear him drop the pick and then me snoring for the next 40 minutes. Wow. That's awesome. So he, he, he just decided... I get, I mean, he kind of, he probably kind of remembered he recorded something. Yeah, yeah. So Mick Jagger wrote the lyrics um, by a pool in Clearwater, Florida, hmm. four days before they went into the studio. The Stones, doing it after all these years. Fred, Wilma. Yeah. Some of the lyrics, uh, when I'm watching my TV and a man comes on and tells me how white my shirts can be, mm-hmm. but he can't be a man because he doesn't smoke the same cigarettes as me. Yeah. It's about commercialism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a misheard lyric because he says, I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no girl reaction. And I honestly thought he was saying, I think up until last week, mm-hmm. <laughs> that he was saying, I can't get no girly action. Girly action. Yeah. I thought it was good reaction. No good reaction. 
Yeah. I heard girl. I heard girly action. <laughs> he couldn't get no. Gr- I can't give me no kinda, girly action. But that kind of goes with the whole. Yeah. Oh, of course song. it does. Yeah. It should have yeah. been girly action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really. Um, I think they were a little bit ahead of their times. When you talk in 1965, you know, I'm hearing this. I'm. Mm-hmm. They were people were doing stuff like this five years later and stuff. I think they were a little bit ahead of their time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they're the Stones. The Rolling Stones. So that does it for our podcast today. So hopefully you all enjoyed listening mm-hmm. and learned to something our antics. new. Learn something new. If you want to kind of contribute to the podcast, you have to go to Buy Me a Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy Me a Drink of Any Kind. Look up Jim and Mike mm-hmm. Talk Music. All right. Until next time, remember, turn off the TV. And turn up the music. music. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. Jim and Mike Talk Music is recorded at, did you say, 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The songs Mr. Smith by Nomad, Jazz Hole by Blue Wave Theory, The Planet by Our Frequency, and Ketchup Sally by Scott Holmes Music, used with royalty-free permission. Today's celebrity impersonations were by Jim Thatcher. 